Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Hey everyone, I'm Ray Bella, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you value this podcast as a free educational resource, you can support the show and get access to past bonus episodes by making a monthly donation at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted. Thanks to Elizabeth, Sarah, and Larry for their recent contributions. Now, I say past bonus episodes because I haven't really uploaded any bonus content in the past couple of months, and that's because my schedule is just about as tight as a schedule can be, and my main priority when it comes to Words for Granted is focusing on releasing these main episodes. So if you're considering contributing to the Patreon or are currently a monthly contributor, I don't want to act like a phony salesman here. Basically, your contribution for the time being is a way of saying, love the show, Ray, keep doing what you're doing. That said, if Patreon isn't your thing, but you still want to support the show, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash words for granted. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. The word world is the ultimate collective noun. In its broadest sense, it encompasses everything. From the earth to the cosmos, from the mundane to the profound, objects, concepts, people, places, action, space, and time, all of these things exist in the world. Sometimes we use world in a more restricted sense, meaning the earth itself, and sometimes it's a synonym for international, as in world war or world language. These more concrete senses of world exclude the cosmological and abstract sense of everything ever, here, there, past, present, future, etc. Now, generally speaking, a word's abstract senses tend to evolve over time out of its more concrete senses. Here's an arbitrary example of this. The word burden originally referred to a child, then to anything that is physically carried, and then to the heavy emotions or obligations that we metaphorically carry. We start with a meaning that is concrete and end up at a meaning that is abstract. So, following this logic, we might assume that the more concrete and terrestrial sense of the word world, meaning the earth, predates its more cosmological sense, meaning everything. But etymologically, that's not exactly right. The word world neither derives from a word referring to a place, nor from a word referring to everything. It derives from a word referring to a time. Despite its compact single syllable in modern English, in Old English, world was a compound word pronounced weirold or world, comprising the Germanic roots wer, meaning man, and ald, meaning age. World literally meant the age of man. Now, this compound wasn't an invention of the Anglo-Saxons, the earliest speakers of Old English. 
They are cognates of the word world across Germanic languages, ancient and modern alike. For example, the modern German and Dutch words Welt and Welt. These relationships imply that all these words descend from a single shared linguistic ancestor in the Proto-Germanic language, or the first Germanic language spoken in the first century BCE. Like the word world, these cognate Germanic world words have all evolved more all-encompassing senses, yet all of their etymologies preserve this ancient and naive perspective of the world, with mankind in the center of it, with mankind as the very thing by which it's defined. Without mankind, at least according to the semantics of this etymology, the world doesn't even exist. Now, a world literally meaning the age of man isn't exactly practical in a day-to-day context, so we shouldn't be surprised that, etymology aside, the Anglo-Saxons developed more practical ways of using the word weirold. Weirold could mean life, or perhaps more accurately, lifetime, which is, in a way, simply the age of man on a micro scale. It is the age of a single man as opposed to mankind. Some Anglo-Saxon dictionaries also include definitions like century, epoch, and, contrary to its etymological implications, eternity, all of which amplify weirold as a measure of time. However, if we look at the inclusion of weirold in Anglo-Saxon kennings, we get an even greater glimpse of this word's semantic flexibility. Kennings, for the non-Anglo-Saxon scholars among us, are metaphorical compound expressions in Old English typically found in poetry. Probably the most famous example of an Old English kenning is hronrad, literally whale road, which conventionally meant sea or ocean. Let's take a quick look at a very abbreviated list of Old English kennings containing the word whaled. I'll read the kenning itself, then its literal meaning in modern English, and then its practical or conventional meaning. Since I myself am not an Anglo-Saxon scholar, my pronunciations are approximate. Okay, here we go. Weirold Bund, world dweller, inhabitant. Weirold Candle, world candle, sun. Weirold Craft, world craft, wisdom. Weirold Feoch, world money, wealth. Weirold Yedal, separation from the world, death. Weirold Yitzung, world greed. Greed for worldly things. Weirold Riche, world realm, kingdom. Weirold Sped, world speed, success. And Weirold Widdle, world filth, dirt. As you can see, the exact meaning of Weirold in these kennings varies from example to example, but there are definitely a few broad semantic themes that we can identify. One is Weirold as Earth. We see this in World Candle and World Dweller, in which world refers to the planet or totality of Earth itself, and in World Realm and World Filth, in which world merely refers to the terrestrial plane. We still use world as a synonym for the whole Earth, but its synonymy with Earth as a terrestrial common noun is now pretty archaic. 
you wouldn't refer to the soil in your garden as the world. The connection between Weyerold as the age of man and Weyerold as the earth might not seem so linear at first glance, but I do think the connection is pretty straightforward. Think about it. On a macro scale, the age of man plays out on the stage of the earth, and on a micro scale, the age of a particular man is defined by how long he occupies a place on that stage. Life, that of mankind or any other species, is deeply connected to and supported by the earth. So deeply, apparently, that Germanic speakers thought it fitting to use the same word for life and earth, at least in elevated poetic contexts. I should mention that in Old English, Eorth, etymological predecessor of the modern word earth, would have been the main word meaning ground, soil, dirt, or land. It wasn't until the 13th century during the Middle English period that world began appearing as a word unto itself, referring to all of the earth, or the planet earth. Another sense of world we can glimpse from our brief list of kennings is worldly, as in material existence or material concerns, as opposed to spiritual or heavenly ones. You know, like worldly pleasures, worldly desires, worldly sins, and so on. This sense of world is more directly connected to the earth than you might at first think. The world, or the earth, is down here. It's right now. The spiritual world, or heaven, is up there, and it's later. And therefore, the things that overly concern us with this life, like world feoch and world yitzung, wealth and greed, are considered worldly. Interestingly, the evolution of the word mundane, meaning dull or ordinary, was influenced by a similar semantic dichotomy between earth and heaven, though in the end it produced a word with a very different connotation. In Latin, mundus meant world or earth, and it's where words like the French mond and Spanish mundo come from. In classical Latin, mundanus meant cosmopolitan, or belonging to the world, kind of like how we use the word international today. But in late and medieval Latin, mundanus came to mean belonging to the world in a different sense. It became a dichotomous term separating the church and spiritual matters from everything else, kind of like how we use the word secular today. Because of this dichotomy, mundanus acquired a sense meaning ordinary, from ordinary, the word acquired the more negative connotation of dull and boring, resulting in the sense of mundane familiar to us today. While we're on the topic of words for world in other languages, let's briefly touch on the Greek word kosmos. Kosmos was the Greek word for world, and like its English descendant cosmos, the Greek kosmos was inclusive of worlds beyond our own. In other words, the whole universe. Cosmos is derived from the Greek verb kosmen, meaning to order or prepare. That definition might seem better suited for a word associated with a restaurant than the universe, until you consider that the universe and the cosmos are not random, but orderly and obedient to natural laws. This sense of natural order in the universe was considered beautiful to the ancient Greeks, which explains how cosmos also produced the word 
cosmetic, referring to something that has been beautified. To bring things full circle, the word cosmos was often translated into Latin as mundus, and the Latin mundus was often translated into English as world. We have descendants of all three of these words in modern English, each with their own unique senses, and each with semantically distinct etymologies. The ordered universe, the earth, and the life of man. When we think of what constitutes the world today, I think it's a synthesis of all three of these senses and more. Okay, let's get back to the word world itself. As we know, it's made up of the parts where, meaning man, and ald, meaning age. The sense of man here is not the male gender, but the more gender-neutral sense of man as we see it in the word mankind. However, that Old English word where wasn't usually gender-neutral. It usually specifically meant man, and it's an odd choice for this compound since Old English did in fact have a gender-neutral term that could refer to both men and women. Confusingly, this gender-neutral term was man, which has come down to us today as the word man. So, to repeat and clarify this little confusing detail here, in Old English, where was the word for man, whereas man was the gender-neutral term inclusive of both sexes. This gender-neutral sense of the word man survives in modern English in the term mankind and also in the word manslaughter. Manslaughter is not the killing of a man, but any human being. The exclusive association between the word man and the male gender didn't emerge until the very late Old English period and didn't really become standard until the mid-Middle English period. By the late 13th century, this older English word for man, were, had become extinct. As for why Germanic speakers used were in this context instead of the more semantically logical man, it beats me. Sometimes language and the way people use it isn't logical. Anyway, where does survive in modern English as a word-forming element in one compound word. If you don't already know what that word is, take a second to think about it. Do you know which word I'm talking about? It's in werewolf, which literally means man-wolf. If you're a history of England or ancient law nerd, you may also have heard the term wergild, which literally means man-payment. A wergild was simply an amount of compensatory money paid to an injured party by the person accused of an offense. While the word were is no longer familiar to us in modern English, it does have some familiar cognates. If we trace were all the way back to Proto-Indo-European, the prehistoric shared ancestor of all modern Indo-European languages, it derives from the reconstructed root word wihros, meaning man, husband, or, by extension, hunter or hero. This root passed into Latin as wir, meaning man, and out of this evolved the terms virilis and virtu. And these two words have come down to us in modern English as virile and virtue. Virile refers to a man's strength and energy, particularly his sex drive. That connection is straightforward enough. Virtue refers broadly to good moral conduct, 
So the connection here to manliness isn't immediately clear. But originally, virtue referred to quote-unquote honorable masculine qualities usually associated with bravery and valor, especially in the context of war. We can glimpse this sense in as early as Proto-Indo-European, where wihros, as I mentioned, could be used to mean hero. That may have seemed a bit digressive, but all of that is to say that, however unlikely it may seem, werewolf, virile, and virtue are all cognate with world, and the ultimate common semantic denominator has to do with manliness. The expression, it's a man's world, might be steeped in an increasingly antiquated patriarchal worldview, but from the perspective of etymology, it will always be a man's world. Or should I say, a man's age. Alright, that's it for this one. I hope you loved it. And if you're listening to this episode at the time of its release, I'm sorry that it's taken so long to put out. Among other reasons for its delay, I've just wrapped up my time as an audio producer and writer for a media company called Himalaya, and I'm looking for a new podcast-slash-audio production day job. If any of you work in the podcast or audiobook industries and think we might work well together on a project, whether it's freelance, part-time, full-time, whatever, send me a message at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. I'd love to chat with you. Again, if you want to support this podcast, you know the drill. Patreon.com slash wordsforgranted. Thanks again, guys, for sticking with me during this mini hiatus. I really, really do appreciate it. I hope to be back on a regular schedule starting next month, so talk to you then. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.